You're listening to Radio Dharma, presented by Hindu University of America. I'm your host, Shilpa Agarwal, fiction author and faculty at HUA. Modern life can feel uncertain. Sanatana Dharma shines a light on the eternal truths that lead to inner transformation, fulfillment, and joy. Tune into your highest frequency every week on Radio Dharma. Welcome back, everyone. I'm with I'm here today with Savita Nanjangud, who is a psychotherapist. She completed her master's degree in counseling psychology from Santa Clara University and is currently practicing as an associate marriage and family therapist. We are talking about bringing dharma into psychotherapy. Savita, can you tell me, can you give me a case study? Let's start with a case study of working with dharma explicitly because that seems to be easier because you're kind of on the same page with with your client in that case. So can yeah. you give me an example of working with someone and how how what you've seen in terms of that? Right, right. Yeah. So um I wanna I wanna also frame like when I say dharma, I'm talking about um you know with in, in an explicit sense, I'm talking about working with Hindu clients uh specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I don't have much experience working with um, Sikh or, you know, uh, Buddhist um, clients. Um, so with the Hindu clients, um, they are familiar with, um, you know, the concepts of karma yoga, for instance, mm-hmm. or bhakti yoga. And uh, usually they have some connection with some Ishta Devata. Um, you know, um, they have their own daily practice. And you know, they have some understanding of karma yoga. But what happens is that sometimes there can be some, either there's obstacles in their practice of karma yoga, or there may be some some kind of adjustments needed in their understanding of karma yoga so that they can be be applied effectively. So um, I don't bring this up immediately like i i first work with them to understand i listen to what it is that they're bringing in you mm-hmm. know in, in the initial assessment uh sessions uh try to understand what is the problem statements like what what are the issues that they are struggling with um i try to get an understanding of how how do they engage with spirituality um you know what is their understanding of these concepts mm-hmm. and how are they applying it and what are the obstacles that they're facing in applying it um so with with one client is basically this principle of karma yoga mm-hmm. um you know is an example we can take where she's trying to apply it in her job she's struggling in her job um you know with her boss she's having issues with her boss and her colleagues and she's coming into the job and she's trying to do her best but she's not getting the recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, she may say something like, uh, oh, I don't really need that recognition, uh, uh. Um, you know. But then some other time, you know, she's trying to process, you know, that she, her frustrations. That's right. So, so this idea of the- being, doing your work and being detached, but also feeling like you're being unseen. And how do you negotiate yes. that? Yeah. Yes. That's very powerful. So 
Yeah. So there it's a question of really bringing to her awareness that, look, you do need the recognition. Mm. So there is a question of, there's a question, a, a concept of satya there. Can we stay in our truth? Can we be authentic ah. to our truth in, in the moment that say, yes, I am human. I do need them to recognize me. I do need the acknowledgement. I do need the feedback. But at the same time, you know, it, it's like, how do I give that to myself so that I am not craving it from somebody else? I Can see. I give that recognition to myself? Can I feel satisfied that, yes, I have done my best in this situation? And then looking at what are the obstacles in that self-talk? Like, am I able to, is there something that's preventing me from acknowledging to myself I'm doing my best? Is there some kind of like an imposter syndrome playing mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. over there? Um, and then where does that come from? So then there's this, that's where the psychotherapy work comes in of looking at childhood experiences and looking at some older emotional uh, burdens that have not been processed that are coming up as obstacles. And mm -hmm. I follow um, and I try to try to follow um, uh, a system called internal family systems. Um, I'm not fully trained in it, but I I've, I've done enough reading and I have personal experience uh, with it in, in my own therapy. So I try to bring that, which is basically involves parts work, you know, looking at, you know, do we have self-critical parts? Do we have parts that are protecting some wounded parts? And how do we engage with those wounded parts? And how do we create safety by working with the protective part to create safety to then be able to approach the wounded parts and hear them? Um, and some of this also involves the somatic aspects of getting into where do you feel it in your body? You know, where do you feel tightness in your shoulders, in your, mm -hmm. in your gut? And, and then allowing that energy to move through so that you can then create more space to fully be aware of everything. That's all the processes going on inside you. And when you are then become, when you create enough space to then become fully aware of these obstacles and work these obstacles out. I see actually in even in session, I see the opening up and mm -hmm. I see people just kind of falling into their, you know, getting these aha moments and, and just falling into this, this place of understanding of how they can now apply the karma yoga principles. Mm -hmm. in in their work you know it it comes once you've done that work the cognitive aspect of understanding karma yoga like intellectually and then the experiential aspect mm -hmm. clicks mm -hmm. you want those two to come to a congruence and, and click otherwise you all we do is we just read read about it you carry it cognitively but you're not able to apply it and so it's just working out those obstacles that's very powerful because we have this theory or these ideals of, mm -hmm. you know, doing our work without any expectation, without any fruit, without any, uh, without any attachment to the fruit. And yet what you said, we are fundamental humanness, that we are human and we have certain feelings and we're working through a lot of things from our past or from our childhood or whatever it is in which, you know, 
that is actually important to us, this thing of yes. being recognized. And then you're kind of turning it. And, and that's where you're bringing in this element of, can we look at ourselves truthfully? Can we look at ourselves compassionately? And that's part of, you know, you were talking about authenticity as part of your definition of Dharma. And then the healing comes from kind of aligning those two things, the theoretical and the experiential, this idea of, yes, this is a theoretical thing, but how do we actually go about life by actually filling that in ourselves? And, And do you find that when, as people fill that in themselves, they don't need it so much from the exterior or they receive it more from the exterior? Do you see those kind of results? A little bit of both. I mean, mm-hmm. to some extent, they are able to self-validate mm-hmm. um, and also have self-compassion. Um, and to some extent, when you know they, they are able to receive compliments and um, internalize it, meaning you know accept it. Rather than dismissing it as, oh, they're just being nice to me or, uh, you know, they're just saying that they don't really mean it, stuff like that. Um, But most most important is really um, helping clients to, like, um, be truthful to their own experiences in the moment um, and and being truthful to their emotions in the moment also without bypassing Mm them, trying to kind of bypass and transcend it. Um, you want to go through it. You go through these experiences, and it's only when you embrace all, all of what is there in the moment, with honesty, that's when you can really work with, work with that, and find that that place of authenticity that you can then, that then helps you to to um, practice the karma yoga principles, to put mm-hmm. it into practice, to put it into active daily um in in your in in every task that you do or in every um venture that you go into um you you know it it becomes a part of you at that point Mm -hmm. it becomes a way of being a way of your being that's beautiful um i wanted to ask you one last question in this segment which is you know when what what's coming up for me here in terms of dharma is when i uh, when i think about duty or definitions of duty they, they, their, their commitment to perform a certain way, they may arise from ethics or, morta- or uh, morality, sometimes it's codified into law. But what I'm seeing here is that it's, it's something that is arising internally. It's defined by something inside of us. Can you just comment on that? We have about a minute left in the segment. Yeah, so this, this concept of duty is um, so deeply ingrained in us, like from childhood, right? It's your duty to do this. It's your duty as a student. It's your duty as a wife, as a a mother, as this, as that. Um, And, you know, there's some value to that because Mm -hmm. that is how families work. It's how systems work. Um, Everybody pitching in and doing their duty, taking responsibility. Um, But sometimes what happens is when, when we go through life, with others telling us what our duties are without us aligning with it ourselves we end up living a life defined by others sense of who we are and who we should be and you know as children yes parents shape them Mm -hmm. you know uh, parents kind of protect them and define for them but at some point the 
process of individuation, the process of growing up, differentiating from your parents, and, and that the process is finding that's what dharma, to really Beautiful. doing that in inner work, to, to really have that dialogue, inner dialogue, but also the dialogue with people around you. Perfect. Also having a, a dialogue with your parents, with your you know teachers or bosses or whoever, and collectively, you know, it's a collective engagement of then um, uh, establishing your, yourself in your Swadharma. Beautiful. Thank you. We'll be right back for our next segment. Thank you for listening to Radio Dharma, presented by Hindu University of America. Stay tuned for part two of our program right after this break. Welcome back to Radio Dharma, presented by Hindu University of America. Each week, we explore the eternal truths of Sanatana Dharma to uplift and transform our lives. I'm your host, Shilpa Agarwal, fiction author and faculty at HUA. Welcome back. I'm here with psychotherapist Savita Nanjangud, and we're having a conversation about Dharma and psychotherapy. You gave a beautiful example of working with someone who who explicitly understands dharma, who may be coming from a Hindu background and how you kind of engage with them. But you have many clients who don't come from this tradition. And yet um, you're coming in, like kind of we talked about you coming in as a psychotherapist and having your own principles of dharma. So how do you engage with someone implicitly? Yeah, um, you know, I, I really have to thank one of my professors at Santa Clara University for um, offering this course called Psychology of Spirituality, which gave me these tools, you know, for implicit and explicit engagement. Explicit engagement is the easy part, right? Um, you speak the same language and everything. But with implicit engagement is is where we see Dharma playing out or we, we, where we see how dharma can really, um, Im, you know, I, I guess improve or inform the healing process of this client. So one example is of uh, um, a young father who was struggling with um, being a single parent. Mm. Um, he was separated from the mother and um, mother of the child. And he, he had the child like, you know, uh, part of the time. I could see how he was really sincere about um, being a good father, you know, wanting to do the right thing, wanting his child to be a to um, to have a good relationship with the child, but at the same time, he wants the child to flourish um, and behave well and mm -hmm. grow, you know, all, all the things that that fathers want for their for the child. In this case, a daughter, but he was struggling, struggling so much, and. So when I stepped back and conceptualized the case, it was basically, okay, here's a father who wants to do his dharma. He recognizes his dharma as a father and he wants to fulfill that. However, he's also struggling with his swadharma. He has not identified his swadharma. He's struggling to establish himself in his career. He's struggling to understand who he is. He's struggling to shed some of the uh, baggage 
that he's carrying from from his childhood, um, some of his beliefs about himself, mm. um, his own struggles with his own authenticity. And, you know, it was that was the 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 interplay where the process of becoming a better father was helping him. It was like a proxy for him to work out some of his own issues. Mm -hmm. You know, it it's it's spiritual work. Being a parent is spiritual work. That's and that right. is the dharma. It's a dharma work. So I was able to use the interactions he had with his daughter as a way to reflect back to him what he was struggling with. Um, you know, how he struggled to acknowledge himself, how he struggled to uh, be proud of himself. Um, you know, he would say things like, I'm so proud of my daughter. And he would work very hard to help her out with something. And then and I would turn it around and say, well, are you proud of yourself? Mm. And, you know, it, it's that struggle really of him figuring out how to be proud of himself. That I saw as implicit, like bringing Dharma at an implicit level. It's like if I help him establish himself in his Swadharma, the Dharma of a father will flow out of that automatically. And and it kind of played out that way. Um, you know, I was able to do some good work with with this person. And and you know, it's all also depends on the client. When the client shows up and when they're willing to work and when they're open and um you know, honest, and um, it, it's mostly just the client. It's we're just kind of holding the space for them. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. So I I liked what you said about the dharma of father flows out automatically, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about this kind of naturalness of move. Like it's almost like you're aligning with a current that is almost your highest and best path, or your like when you talked about yeah. those original ideas of harmony and connectedness and authenticity yeah. that that's the natural current of life and so many of us are like stuck in the log jam over here or stuck in the stagnant pool of water over here and we just can't find our way in so can you talk a little bit more about just this idea of dharma as a natural flow yeah so dharma is that which sustains everything right it's it's sort of the foundation it's you know, like the, the dharma of a tree is to grow in a certain way and to sprout certain types of leaves and uh, put out certain, you know, a certain type of fruit. So that's a natural way of how it unfolds. Um, and and it's the same with, with, with humans also. We have a natural way, like when you're children, you know, we have this natural tendency to play. Mm -hmm. And we lose that tendency to play. And play is really you know, that unfolding, the natural unfolding of our way of being in the world. And um, we forget how to do that. And, um, you know, the, the, the foundation of all, all of our experiences is really love, is, and what we call Brahman, the all-inclusive. It is the foundation of all moment-to-moment -moment experiences that we have, but we're not connected with that. And we get confused with uh, things like, you know, duties and laws and shoulds and shouldn'ts and rules. And, um, you know, so 
all of we, we forget that all of those are just structures put in place to help us play you know to help us be free and creative and um, spontaneous and authentic so you know if you notice when there is happiness within when we are compassionate to ourselves when we um, feel happy within we cannot help but express that happiness mm -hmm. it just automatically comes out of us and when we are in a relationship with another person we we are in that connection that empathic connection is is just so natural and human. You know that connection between two people is um, there's the foundation of that is really the the love that I was talking about. And some people call it the great love to um, uh, distinguish it from the attached kind of love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, so so that connection, that empathy, when you are in a relaxed happy state of mind when your heart is light mm. you will find that you naturally connect with with another human being it, it just flows out of you naturally so the the thing is we it, we almost have to undo a lot of the um, false beliefs that we carry to connect back to the the truth within us the truth that's, that's always there within us. Yeah. So it's a process of undoing. So yoga is really a process of undoing and clearing. And then again, working out um, the wounds that we carry from our childhood and, you know, youth and, and, and we continue that we continue to um, create more wounds for ourselves because of, of, uh, you know, not understanding how, things work mm -hmm. um, and how, how to be in that state of being that doesn't create those wounds it's 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 a much deeper topic to get into you know mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of the the gist of it so I'm trying to wrap it in a in a kind of a more um, compact way is that when you are established in your swadharma and when you are um, being being that authentic self um, you know, being free, being able to express, having that freedom, giving yourself that inner freedom, um, then that is when your natural humanness flows out of you. Does that? That's, yeah, that's beautiful. That and I and and I just wanted to ask in conclusion, um, how has your life changed in your alignment with your own dharma? Oh wow, um, it's a. If you can sum it up in 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> 60 seconds. Um, I feel wonderful. I feel grateful. Um, I feel uplifted. It's a journey. I'm still on the journey. I'm a seeker. Um, and uh, I, I, it's joyful. Um, you know, um, and, I, and I really feel like um, I want to I want to go deeper into into this this work self-work um and also into the work with my clients um it, you know it's just, it's it's just uh, a feeling of expansion just a feeling of space expansion joyfulness uh lightness creativity all of that beautiful savita it's been an amazing interview and i i mean there's so much more to touch on but i really really appreciate all of these concepts that we talked about in terms of how do we connect with our first of all our swadharma which is our implicit connection to ourself, where authenticity is, 
satya is truthfulness and from there we can blossom and we can really align with these higher principles that bring harmoniousness and connectivity and authenticity into our lives thank you so much i enjoyed speaking with you shilpa and thank you for the opportunity thank you for listening to radio dharma presented by hindu university of america discover more about us on social media at study at hua and visit our website hua.edu tune into your highest frequency every week right here on radio dharma